Hello and welcome to the Win-Win Effect podcast with your host, Chris Ross. This is the show for anyone that wants to drive productivity and maximize potential in any industry. Let's take a moment. Have you ever wondered about the psychology behind the persuasive marketing driving you to take action, sometimes on products you never thought people would buy? Well, that's just what makes this podcast stand out from the others. On these episodes, Chris will break down proven strategies that his companies use to respectably enroll prospective students into the correct programs to achieve overall business success and fulfillment in life. You will get a rare centralized look into both sides of the buyer-seller relationships that I'm sure anyone tuning in will receive massive value from to implement instantly. There are huge quantities of informational material from companies just trying to sell products, but not many giving you the right information on how to build companies from solid foundations, focusing on customers actually winning as the outcome. The Win-Win Effect podcast is a character-based code for human interaction and collaboration in business. Time is the only non-renewable resource in life. So with this podcast, the outcome is designed to bring you value, to make it worth your time. Happy Money Monday, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Win Win Effect podcast. This is Chris Ross. To catch everyone back up to speed, in our last episode... I've spent some time to give everyone an unexpected, in-your-face, real talk on debatable reasons on how emotional intelligence gets misunderstood when it comes to life in general. One of the first steps to take on becoming more emotional intelligent is being able to reflect on your values, choices, and decisions. Before I reveal where we're going to steer the direction of today's episode, I want to say thank you to all the listeners out there that took the time and filled out our feedback form where they shared their thoughts, their questions, and concerns with some of the information they learned on a previous episode. So as a reminder, if you're listening to this and you haven't taken the time to fill out the feedback form, please do so. We read every single one of the responses and take in consideration every time that we go to record a new episode. So for today's episode, you guys are in for a treat. I decided to invite Wes Bays back on for him to be able to share with you guys some of his insights after listening to the episode that I released on Monday. How many of you out there implemented some of the strategies that I shared with you? Be honest now. How many of you had a hard time being able to get the outcome that you were looking for? Most people, when they go to make these changes, still have a hard time connecting all the dots and getting the outcome that they were looking for. Answer this. Have you or anybody that you know has ever felt that they were an unwilling slave to their own emotions? As if you were programmed to react a certain way to a specific set of circumstances and there's simply nothing you or they can do about it. Here's the thing. One of the reasons we react or they react in a certain way is that we're wired to respond habitually and emotionally to certain triggers. These reactions have to do with the part of your brain that is referred to as your emotional processor. And here's where people get caught up into the emotional roller coaster. Depending on how you process that type of information, whether it's negative or positive, will dictate your response. How many of you listening to this are intrigued to know more? Before we kick this up a couple notches and dive right in, 
Take the time and click on the link in the description box where you will find show notes and any kind of offers that we mentioned in today's episode. Just to let you know, anything that we offer will be free and no charge to you. This is our way of showing our appreciation to everyone out there that tunes in for our podcast. All right, is everyone ready? Let's dive right in. Wes, welcome back, my man. What's going on? All good things, Chris. How about yourself? Man, every day's a holiday. You know the usual. Absolutely. Right. So here's the thing, man. I know that you know we're changing the format and we're changing pace with you know what we're talking about, especially the content we're sharing is more educational and trying to help our listeners get a full understanding on how certain topics apply to you know the both sides of the buyer seller relationship. And it's hard for me sometimes when we're talking about certain topics to keep my, holding myself accountable. I guess Wes of talking about the buyer more. And I know that you know you listened to the previous episode where I went through kind of a, I would say training, but the last one was more of a rant, <laughs> to be honest <laughs> with you. And I forgive you know the list to all the listeners out there. Forgive me. I just I felt that the information that I was sharing with you guys, and I got a little hype when I was doing the ones by myself because this topic is very important when it comes to understanding the win-win effect and understanding that mythology or the way of even thinking or rolling out that new approach with being a little bit more inclined with what a buyer is going through so you can be more effective. I mean, what are your, some of your thoughts when you're listening to the previous episode, Wes? Yeah, I think it really um, you know, reflected well on the points that we're trying to get across. And you know, especially with the points about you know, your, your emotional state right, and a self-awareness, understanding your emotions and anchoring and the triggers and everything else. I think it all just played really well into especially what we're going to talk about today um, and being able to start getting more of a handle Mm -hmm. on your emotions, on yourself and making better decisions that aren't just, you know, as as you said, I know you said this in the previous episode, but, you know, making decisions based off of your emotions and just kind of taking that forward, making decisions off of your emotions, it rarely, rarely leads to something good. Right. You know, and so, and this is where a lot of buyer's remorse happens. If we're going to talk about from the buyer standpoint, is is when mm-hmm. you, when you put that buyer in a situation to make a decision from an emotional standpoint, you see that a lot of the times you'll have some level of buyer's remorse. And so, you know, I'm I'm glad that we're talking about this topic and diving a bit more into self awareness, um, and controlling that emotional piece and making better decisions because. If we can do that, then you can also work a lot better with your potential buyers moving forward. I know that we when we got to <laughs> to share something with the listeners. I know that when we jumped on this, you know, to record this episode, we already were went into how much emotional intelligence, you know, goes into everything we do in life. We almost forgot to hit record, <laughs> to be honest with you. And I, because there's so many questions and there's so much that different approaches you can use to be more effective in your personal life and tying that into being more effective when it comes to business. And I know that when you're channeling your emotions, you have to look at the emotional side of it. There are signals of something because a lot of people don't understand that they spend more time thinking about the past and their memory or they're thinking about the repercussions of their next action they take in the future. They're not really present. And this, this requires you to be more present. When, especially when we're talking about when we're getting into self-awareness as well. If you're constantly living in a state of fear or if you're constantly thinking about what was and what if, 
you're not putting yourself in a position to win. Right. And that's what it's all about. And so anything, everything starts with the will to win. And that's to win anything in life. It can be to win that day. It could be to win that interaction. It could be to win that goal that you have set out for yourself. But for any anything to work, you're absolutely right. You have to be in the present with the outcome in mind that that you know of what you're trying to do, right? Of what you're trying to accomplish. You know, it's not it's not that we don't want to ever think about the future, of course. But if you're constantly living there, you're never gonna get one. You're never gonna get anything done for one. But two, you're never going to be able to really observe yourself and reflect in a way that allows you to realize what you truly need to be doing right now to ever get to where you want to be. And so this comes back to intention. Mm-hmm. You know, what's your intention and what is it that you really want? Because if if your main day is filled with you regretting certain things or speaking negatively about yourself, you know, or speaking negatively about others or gossiping or whatever it is, just know that all of that is an attack on yourself and it's all contributing to a lack of self-awareness, which then is decreasing your the amount of emotional intelligence you really have. And so all again it all all goes back to you and you at this present moment so i think you're absolutely right on that chris and the reason why i asked that question is because it's important for the listeners to get your insights on a different way of looking cuz everybody in this world is different Wes. everybody you know we all react and do things may be similar to other people because of personality types but still will be different when it comes down to it because you have to keep in mind of the cost of inaction. What if you don't do it? What if you don't react that way? What if you do react that way? You see what I'm saying? Like, right. If something happened in your past or whatever, and you want to kind of figure out what, where it came from, like, what does this mean? Ask yourself, why did I react the way that I did? Or why did they react the way they did? You can do this on both sides of the buyer seller relationship, or even if you're doing it in some personal life. Why am I leading with that question, Wes? Do you think? Because that's the reflection piece. That's where it starts, right? So, you know, for anybody who's ever been to therapy, you know, the first thing they tell you is, you know, you have to recognize the problem before you can start fixing the problem, right? Right. And so that's what reflection is. It's a level of recognition. It's a level of saying this this, this is what happened and now I can start dissecting it. So it's, it's the starting point. Right. But what if the other person is in denial? When a person's in denial what it's doing is it's, it's not allowing them to think past what's going on in that moment, right? And so that thought doesn't even happen, right? The intention isn't there, right? And that's why it starts with the intention. And so if if you can't even see something, how are you going to be able to fix it? How are you going to be able to know that there's a problem? How are you going, how are you going to be able to see that there's a better outcome? And so you need to, that's the first part where you really need to observe yourself. So if this is a matter for, for you as a person, Right. And if you're someone who's constantly in denial and you may even right now deny that the fact that you're in denial. Right. But, you know, if you're in denial, you really need to sit back and reflect. And a lot of the times it's, you know, you have a certain way. We all have a certain way that we look at ourselves. And most of us. And I know this goes back to the last um, episode that you and I did, Chris, is we talked about feedback Hmm. and we talked about criticism. And most people can't handle criticism. And most people don't even dare to criticize themselves in a negative way. And so the, they, they fear even them, their own criticism, which what that does is it allows you to always be in denial because you can see yourself as someone who does no wrong, right? Or you can see as someone who is always great at what they do. It's always somebody else's fault 
right? So you're always blaming it. If you find, if you tend to find yourself in a position where you're always blaming something on other people, I want you to know right now, if you've ever observed that about yourself, then it, there's there's a level, uh, in, there's a part of that that is actually all about you and what you're contributing to that. Right. Right. And you need to actually reflect on yourself. And so that's why reflection and talking about self-awareness right now first, you need to break past that point where you realize the outcome that you're searching for is more important than your own feelings. And I love how you said it in the last episode, Chris, and you just said, fuck your feelings. That's so true. <laughs> like, that is so true. Like, you, you, sometimes you have to say that about yourself and say, I don't care about my feelings right now. What's the outcome that I'm actually wanting? And is it my fault? Right. What did I say or what did I do that made this specific scenario take place? And that's when you can start getting to a better place. I appreciate you saying that. And for all the listeners, uh, you know, I apologize sometimes for the four letter words. You know, I'm very passionate about what we do and, and trying to help people and serve them. And it went to what I was saying about, are you serving or are you selling? I always try to serve first and lead first, but you have that goes into what you were saying about fixed and growth mindset. And you start to see this a lot in, I know they do this in the States, is they in elementary school, they talk about fixed mindset and growth mindset. Because if you make a choice or a decision to move over to and choosing growth as a mindset and where you're open to criticism and open to feedback, that's where growth is. You know what I mean? You can grow and learn new things. The next question we're going into is, did, did my reaction help me or harm me? And I ask myself that question, Wes, when I do a recording or I do a training or I'm serving a company or whatever I'm doing, did it help me or harm me? Think about that for a second. That's a real deep question. If you ask yourself that question when you're reflecting on what happened. That's actually a really great point because you know, a lot of people, whether it's salespeople, business people, you notice that, especially right now in today's world, what sells the most is a quick fix, hmm. right? What sells the most is um, a, a shortcut. But what if, I mean, I want everybody to really think about this. Really think about the fact that if you truly reflected, right, on every interaction, if you're asking, did this help me or harm me? Did this help my business or harm my business? Did this, did this help my interaction or hurt my interaction, right? And you really take that point of reflection this is where success can start to happen. And as you mentioned before, Chris, you know, you, yes, you have to have a great mindset. Your approach in whatever you're doing could be different from everybody else's. But what matters is what's effective. And that level of reflection will allow you to see what's really effective for you personally and what's working and not working. And taking that back to the business world, the reason why 98 to 99% of people who are starting businesses, especially online nowadays, with the digital age that we're in, the reason why they fail is because they're always looking for that quick fix, not realizing the fact that a lot of their failures come from the fact that they have never even taken the time to actually understand their business and what they're doing to help or harm it. And so we can play the, the, this conversation and this piece right here plays to so many levels in your personal life, in your professional life. And if you really take this seriously, you're able to really dissect everything that's going on and put together a pattern or put together a path for yourself to your own success and whatever it is that you're trying to do. But if you ignore this piece, what happens at that point is you're always a victim. And I'm, you can't see me, but I'm doing quote, like quotation signs. You're always a victim to your, to your environment. You're always a victim to what somebody else does. You're always a victim to the things that you can't control. Right. And 
you need to step away from that. And a lo- that level that level of reflection also comes with a level of ownership. And that's where your strength will come in. Well, that's where your ego can be your own worst enemy in that type of situation. Because when you get caught up in your own ego, you're not willing to admit when you're wrong or you have a different way of looking at it. Would you agree? I would. I mean, in, in any type of situation. And that's probably why you did the air quotations on that because it's bullshit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, let's be real. You know, or diving in and, and just trying to dissect what you just said, it kind of brings me to the next question that I always try to ask myself. Is you know, it goes into your memory, right? And how people make the choices or decisions they do is they go. It plays in that part of their brain where they're trying to figure out what happened in the past or hit an emotional trigger, and or they're trying to do something in the future. They're not really present. So to be able to do this effectively, you need to be present in the conversation. If you're not going to be heard or be seen, you need to be present, right? You got you got to be able to stay in that conversation and keeping the rapport level high. When you're doing this, how does it pertain to a buyer? If you have a seller that's asking you non-selling questions, he or she is probably, is a, I would probably say that they're highly emotionally intelligent because they're staying where you are and leading the pace. So it goes into the question. So how does this situation fit into the big picture? So you could do this on both sides of the buyer-seller relationship. As a seller, you need to live in big picture and explain and educate present and then go into past to hit an emotional trigger and rewiring someone's brain if they have a negative emotion tied into that trigger. I hope this makes sense. Yeah, it makes a ton of sense. I mean, think about it this way from from what you just said. I mean, you your job as a seller is you think big picture, you know, but you you get them to commit by the present. Right. Right. So they 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 see what can come, but then they know what they have to do now. And that's what they really, really commit to. Um, and I think that's that's honestly a very, very beautiful piece and definitely something that we should talk more about. Yeah, I think so, too, because maybe some of the things that we need to speak about on the, you know, in the next couple episodes is how does a seller completely explain or communicate the cost of an action with prospective buyers for them to feel the emotion that is going to affect them long term. Do you see my point? Like it's sometimes that's far greater than actually taking action or don't doing anything at all. You know what I mean? It's going to be more effective for you to communicate it properly. And the only way for you to do that, you have to understand what the buyer is going through. Come on, you got to really truly hold yourself accountable to it and really reflect after every meeting or every encounter you have with your buyers or clients. Ask yourself, you know, how would I feel about this in an hour? That's why it's reflection. How would I feel about this in a week? How would I feel about this in a year? You know, 18 months down the road. These are the questions that I usually ask buyers. I mean, I'm sure Wes, has, he's seen it, you know, and heard me and, you know, on the phone and heard me in recordings and heard me in meetings, ask those questions. How does this affect your life in six months? How would this affect your life in 12 months? Does that even make sense to you? Can you even visualize that? What am I doing with that, Wes? Well, you're painting a picture. Right. You're forcing you're forcing them to paint that picture because them painting that picture is what's going to allow them to feel the emotion. Right. I can't I can paint the outline or I can draw the outline of that picture with the questioning that I'm using, okay? But you can't show them the picture, right? They're going to have to be able to put it together in their own head or on paper. I use a lot of if they're having a hard time visualizing, you know, based on the questions I'm asking, I usually try to get them to do is grab a pen and piece of paper and write this down. 
that's going to help them. And I'm only going to have them write shit down that's positive and not negative. Why am I only having them write down positive things rather than negative? Well, that's the association. You need to keep the association positive. Right. So if I'm doing it that way, when they go to reflect after the meeting, maybe an hour afterwards, two hours afterward, maybe 12 hours, whatever, how much of an impact can that have with the person that I was working with? That That's what makes the difference because you got to remember, especially if that person, life is already is filled with a lot of negativity. Mm-hmm then when your your entire life is or everything around you is pointing negative but then you come back to a point of reflection and it's positive right now that that is your focus mm-hmm. right that that's where you want to be because you don't want everything else there's so much power in pain there's so much power there's actually a lot of power in negativity and that's why there's you know a lot of our world is filled with negativity because negativity is infectious mm-hmm. right the same way that positivity is but we live in we live in a world where there's a lot more negative and and people you see it people love it right people love negativity and so what happens what happens is if you can paint that picture and this is what i do with every one of my you know potential buyers is if i can guide them down a path where i they can paint a positive picture but now i can associate the present with something negative hmm. as far as the cost of inaction like you're talking about chris the present right now their present is the, their reality is so negative for them because of their cost of inaction. Right. And so now that's the trigger that you that you're going to go off of in order for you to be able to make the positive happen, which is the future that now you've painted and can see very clearly. I want them to be, and then the next question I usually try to ask and, and just to touch on that, if it's really make it stick, ask another question or paraphrase another question or whatever they said to you and then ask the question where you're leading them to get to the positive side and seeing that how positive can it, you know, impact their world or situation. And these quick fixes that you were talking about earlier. That's why I don't like a lot of those quick fix type of programs or quick fix types of solutions because I'm not just selling as for myself. And I'm, when I get on a phone or get in person with someone or I'm maybe trying to train a team or a corporation, whatever, it doesn't matter what type of capacity. Well, I always try to ask myself, how can, how can this make an impact with them instantly? Six months, 12 months, 15 months, you know, whatever, down the road. And that's when I make my recommendations. I'm putting everything comes into play with me making that type of recommendation because I care about what they think of me and what they are going to think of me later on. You mentioned buyer remorse. I don't have many people come to me and complain to me that I sold them something or I enrolled them into something. And because what usually happens, the only time that they don't really see success from it is when they don't follow through. That's how I feel about, you know, tying in that piece and holding yourself accountable. But when especially when you're going into those types of, I don't know, when you're reflecting and you want to ask yourself for the next question and going into, okay, how does this situation fit into the big picture? And then going into cost of inaction, then ask yourself another question. When you're going to reflect, Wes, maybe an hour after the call and say, for instance, someone got the best of your emotions. Do you normally ask yourself, what do you misunderstand or what maybe is something you got wrong or maybe took out of context, especially in the heat of the moment? Have you ever been in that type of situation? Absolutely. And I do it more now than I used to in the past. I'll tell you in, in the past, I've, you know, usually it came to me blaming the other person. Right. Right. I'd be like, 
you know, I, I've never, I've never, I never thought about things from a sense that could it be like something that I did. Right. Right. But now I do because now I, again, I care more about the positive outcome than I care about the, you know, whose fault it is and the point, the finger pointing. Right. I care about what's going to actually make a positive outcome in this scenario. And so when I go to reflect, first, I need to get myself back to a neutral state. Mm. Because if I'm going to try to reflect based off of the emotions I'm currently in and I'm say I'm feeling a lot of anger, it's going to influence uh, in, in my judgment. Right. It's going to influence my reflection. And you see this happen a lot. You, you know, think about it for a second. If you're in an environment and I, I hate to bring this up, but, you know, say you're thinking about Donald Trump. <laughs> right. And and that, that a person could be sitting there watching a rally with Donald Trump and they could be getting all excited. Right. They could be becoming a fan of that person. Right. And then they go into a different environment where there's a bunch of people talking shit about them. And all of a sudden now they start feeling differently. Right. Because people are plugging at your emotions and you're being influenced. Right. Well, your own emotions, if, if you just were in a setting where you're angry or sad or whatever it is or happy. Right. This works on both sides. All of that influence your judgment. So first step is get yourself to a neutral place. Right. Go to an environment or, or do whatever it is that typically whether you meditate, whether it's, you know, you start maybe reading a book, you know, or you take a walk, whatever it is that gets you back to a neutral state. Do that first. Now that you're there, start thinking about both sides. Mm. Think about both sides of that interaction. This works well in your personal life. This works well in your sales interactions. Right. What what did I say? What did it mean? How did I make that person feel? What did they say? What did what do I feel like they meant? How did they make me feel? And start to really break down each part of that process. Write this question down, everybody listening. Wes is killing it. Always ask yourself, what did I misunderstand? Did, did something I do or say or not do or not said, how much impact did that have? That's the, You have to truly hold yourself accountable if you're going to ask these questions to yourself. I'm talking about truly be a hold yourself accountable. It takes a lot of discipline. Would you agree? I would. This is this is one of those pieces where um, you really got to be honest with yourself. Mm. You know, I'll, if, I'll give you a, a perfect example of this. Um, my bro, I have three brothers. The one that is, I'm the youngest of of four, and my brother that's just older than me. He's three years older, four years older than me. Uh, growing up, you know, he never had that self awareness piece that wasn't a strong suit for him. And so he used to say, I used to observe, and this is actually what helped me a lot. And so I thank him for this. I used to observe a lot when he would say something to somebody, I'd instantly see the reaction off of that person. Even if they didn't say anything, I would see how their mood mm. or demeanor changed based off of what he said to them, right? Whether they were offended, you know, whether they were happy, whether they were sad, and I would just see it. But he didn't have, at that time, he didn't have that emotional intelligence you know, or be able to, to connect what just happened and him, what he said and how it influenced the other person. And so that actually what the, the benefit to me was it made me hypersensitive. Right. It made me hypersensitive to, to how, yeah, how, how, what I say comes across. So I think very meticulously about every word that I say, not like now it's subconscious, but you know, at some point I was like, I need to be careful because I don't want to offend this person. I don't know what will offend this person. I need to get to know them more before I ever say certain things, right? And so uh, this could be good or bad, right? You just have to use it wisely. But that's where now I can be truly honest with myself because I care so much about how, how what that other person is feeling that I never want to be the cause of, of anything negative to that person. But now I understand it so I know how it can also influence somebody else 
But again, it goes back to you need to be able to be 100% honest with yourself and remember that you are the think yet and, and it comes back you know it's funny how it all comes back to the same thing but it comes back to your limiting beliefs right and it also comes back to how you view yourself and so you if you, you view yourself as a positive person or a beacon of light right to the world it, it's a lot easier to do this because you care about the impact that you're making but if you are someone in denial right or if you are someone who doesn't really um who is maybe you know you you are always you know, pity, you're in pity, right? You're always pitying what's going on. You're always feeling like a victim. This, all of this affects it. All of this affects how you're able to do this because you can't even be honest with yourself, you know, about, about what's to blame for, whether it's your failures or anything else, how are you able to then be able to help other people? So it's, that's, an, I, I know I went on an extremely long-winded tangent with this, but. <laughs> no, I think it was, completely insightful and I'm sure I'm sure that someone out there got a lot of value from that because I did listening that's why I got a little bit quiet going through it because I'm in as you were speaking I was going into my memory of past experiences how many things that I observed or experienced and other people did that if I would have learned from that type of situation you see what I'm saying or learning what not to do and then learning that's the true sign of intelligence to what you're doing. You pick something up from a loved one that you know that if you would have a different outcome and it would be a better outcome from both sides if you did it differently. I hope everyone's paying real close attention to this, but you're not going to be able to do it unless you hold yourself accountable in taking that time to reflect. I know it keeps going back to that, Wes. And if guys, if you really want to be successful in life, business, or you know, in your marriage or it could be in anything. I mean, right as in right now, you know, everyone goes through trials and tribulations, Wes. Everyone. But it's what you do differently moving forward and what you learn. That's where pain is. In that side, that pain, that's where growth lives and transformation. I talk I know I talk a lot about this because I, I believe it and I live it. There's not a situation that I never want to repeat if it has a negative outcome. So you have to do something different, man. Right. <laughs> you got to do something different. Right. And it's, you know, the sad part is, you know, you watch people and this is where situational awareness is so important, but, you know, become an observer, Be- become a real observer and hold yourself accountable to it. Because when you start looking at the world through that lens, what you're going to see is a bunch of people on hamster wheels and they're always, they're running and running and running. They're not moving. They're in the same place and they keep repeating the same actions. Neg- negative actions, especially things that are harming them, and when you can truly have that that level of situational awareness, it leads directly into influencing your self awareness, which also obviously is is directly influence your level of emotional intelligence, and so it comes back to what you focus on, and so I I love people watchers, right? And when someone tells me they're a people watcher, I, I love that about them, you know, because also that. Uh, hopefully they're using it for the right way, but you know, it shows the level of situational awareness. Yeah, don't be weird, a creep, you know. <laughs> right, like not a. I'm not talking about being a stalker or something, but like I'm, you know, but like you're, a, you know, you watch certain situations. I love to do that. I love watching certain situations. I love, like, I'll be in a restaurant and I'll t- I'll see two people that are on their first date, and I'm like, I wonder how you know how this is gonna go, right? And I, you know, without being weirdo, I'll kind of like observe certain things, and so. 
it, but all of that helps you. It helps you because you can learn so much from it. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. You know, why do we read books? Why do we watch documentaries? It's because we're watching what people have done that have led to certain success or failure. And being able to then observe that you can observe that in real time and observe people's successes and failure in real time. And you being able to take that time to reflect on that. So reflect on what you do and also what you witness. Being able to do that will allow you to start making the right decisions moving forward for yourself and starting to really take that time and being able to to reflect and increase your level of awareness in, as a whole, which then obviously is going to increase your level of emotional intelligence in every interaction that you have, especially in a sales interaction and understanding your buyers. Right. This goes into an only way for you to be able to people watch and not be a stalker. If you go to a restaurant and you're seeing someone on their first date or whatnot, can you do that if you're not present? No. Absolutely not. I mean, think about it. Have you have you ever tried to read a book, uh, and you have a lot of things on your mind? Yeah, of course. Like, I can't. You, it's like, oh, this is impossible. It's like, right? This guy's been talking for thirty minutes, and I have it now. I'm sitting here having to hit that thirty second rewind button like thirty, like ninety times in order to get back to where I was, right? And so it's the same thing. You ha- pre- the that part is key. You being present allows you to be able to absorb every situation interaction and everything happening in that moment so then you can reflect on it right this um i I was talking to someone i can't remember what the other person's name and forgive me if you're listening to this and they're like i don't even know my name he's he's a newer um a director for one of the companies that i'm consulting with wes and he asked a question and he goes do you have anything kind of topics or trainings that you would be able to be open with and sharing it with my team on how well you structure, you know, or schedule your schedule. And I was like, well, yeah, I do. I was like, actually, I talk a lot about that where I'm only scheduling in certain things in certain periods of my day because I'm working on a different part of my brain. Does that make sense? Yeah. I can't, I can't stress how important that is just for someone that really wants to hit a high level of performance. But when you're looking at something in a bigger picture and you're trying to get radical transformation, you got to keep changing what you're doing in the steps because that's going to get you to work differently and hit different parts of your body if you're working out or hit different parts of your brain if you're trying to strategize or do different things or communicate with people. I schedule every day, every part of my day, there's an appointment of me doing critical thinking. And I usually do that in the morning because that's where my brain is more impressionable. And that's where my creative part of my brain I like to use because I'm going to be more effective that way. But here's the thing a lot of I see a lot of sales teams and you know, business people do is they're completely reactive, not proactive. Right. I mean, what does that mean to if to a listener? Can I help me try to explain it better to them? Yeah, it's funny. I, I did a training on this not too long ago, um, and it all goes back also in the I was, in, in that topic. I was talking about procrastination, but it all has to do with, okay. you know, around the same thing. Same but, thing. Yeah, but it's it's controlling, it's controlling your environment, controlling your time, and controlling your intent. And so, and your level of focus. And so that's, and I, we were actually just talking before we got onto this, we were talking about phones and, and, you know, how we're so much more productive when we don't have them around us, right? And getting sucked into them. Right. But it's, it's being able to understand yourself and then scheduling or, or making an environment for yourself that allows you to have all the components that you need in order to be effective. And so you said, Chris, in the morning, that's where your, your critical thinking time is. And I think that's, very important for most people. That's probably where most people's time is for critical thinking should be because you've had time to process 
your brain has processed everything throughout that night and now everything is kind of fresh and you're ready to go for that day. But you understanding that you're then, okay, I need to control this. I need to be, I know how important it is for me to be able to have this time by myself in the present moment and really think about my goals, think about my personal life or think about what I'm trying to do, you know, or whatever it is. And then from there, I understanding myself, I know that usually in the afternoon is when I'm starting to kind of doze off a little bit, right? Or I'm starting not to, I don't feel um, as productive as I once was. So now I can start taking these kinds of meetings, right? Or I can answer these types of emails or messages or whatever. But again, it goes back to be able to understand yourself. This is a reflection piece. Understand yourself, understand your environment, your the situation, situations that you face on a day-to-day basis, and then control it in a way that will allow you to be able to make the most out of it. So I would, if I'm listening to this, Wes, and if you give a piece of advice, like what would be the best advice for someone that has a scattered brain? Oh yeah, this you got to understand yourself. You got to like I, I have. I'm one of those. Me too. Right. So I'm a hyper. Th- yeah, and I we definitely we're exactly the same here. We're hyper thinkers, right? And so we're thinking about so many things at once usually, and there's a lot you know a lot going on, and so it's so easy for us to be able to jump from here to here and become reactive, right? And so for one, the first thing is set your focus on what you're trying to do. That's the first part is your intent. And I say that a lot, but your intention is key. So what's your intention? What are you trying to do? Now, next, you got to control your environment and you have to become extremely accountable to yourself for controlling your environment, which means that if you know, and this is this is the level of reflection I'm talking about. If you know that Sally texts you at 11.05 every single morning and is like, do you have three minutes to talk? And you know she's about to talk for 60 minutes right? That means you got it. You can't have your phone there, right? And then you also need to go talk to Sally and say, hey, um, I have a lot going on in the mornings. If we ever need, I would, I'd like to go ahead and schedule a time for us to talk on a weekly basis and control that piece, right? So understand what's blocking you and what's stopping you every single day. And once you know it, you're able to take the right action, but you have to be, you have to have the intent to even do it. And this is where, again, you can't let your emotions get in the way because your emotions can make you make certain decisions that keep you reactive, right? That don't allow you to go further. And so understanding that you're not hurting Sally's feelings, you're creating an environment that makes sense for you and Sally. But then again, it's going to help you overall be able to move fa- uh, further faster and do what you need to do. So that's really would be my first, just to summarize it all up again, first have the intent of what you're trying to do second control your environment and and reflect off of everything this is where you got to be honest with yourself right I, I said this in the training I'm like if you know that when you put on the YouTube channel and you get on that one video that you're probably gonna watch nine more hold yourself accountable to not even getting on there in the first place right like understand yourself and your weaknesses keeps going to reflection and I understand this I want to make an example real quick of something how many of the listeners out there do you think was? have to um, overcome an objection or try to handle or overcome an objection of having their customers or buyers or whatever people they're working with say to them, I need to go and and think about this and come back to you with a decision. A hundred percent of them. Okay. What if I told everybody listening and and, and I know that Wes will agree with me because he, you know, he's seen this. I don't have many people that say to me, they need to go and think about something. Yep. How do you think I, I hope the listeners are going to really pay attention to what I'm about to say. 
everything that I do on the call or in person, I want to provide clarity. And I will not speak or I will not move on something. I won't make a quick commitment based on what someone else is giving me or not giving me. If it's not getting me to the outcome that I'm looking for, for the company, the client, myself or whatever, and everybody has to win, then I'm not going to make a recommendation. Wes knows this. I'm just trying to explain it for everybody listening. What I typically do is I try to provide enough clarity and do a lot of mini tie downs with it to make sure I'm getting that commitment before I move forward anyway. I mean, you ever get on a phone with somebody, Wes, that talks so fucking fast <laughs> <laughs> that by the time they get to the end of the call, they don't have so many fucking questions and they never ask the person right. that goes, well, do you have any questions? And just hang up. It is yes, you all the way through. Like, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I listen to so many. You could, I mean, I've listened to calls after calls and this is what I do now. It's like, they'll send me, I'll tell companies that, hey, I can't listen to every single one of your calls. What I want you to do is I want you to pick out the five best calls a week and rank them and send them to me. And then I'll pick out a couple of ones. And then sometimes, Wes, I'll listen to two seconds of that call just because of the intro. I hang up and I can't listen to anything else. I'm like, ah, because I I know how much that affects the buyer. It, it, <laughs> there's a lot of things that you can change or do in every situation. I understand that. And it plays into regret. But the goal of these questions is to get you thinking you know, so I do a lot of reflection when I'm on a business call and I record that call. And if those, the people out there that don't record their phone calls, this is where you're failing. Okay. I always ask the person I'm talking to if they're open to, for me to record the meeting, just to go back and reflect. Cause that, and then I explain to them what I'm going to do. I explain my process. I'm, I can be more effective with you if I'm able to hear myself or hear you again after if, especially if there's a lot of emotion in the call. Does that make sense, Wes? Oh, yeah. I mean, and, well, it's funny. You've already you've already controlled the environment at that point. Just by saying that, right. now they understand your intent. So it's I'm, I'm excited to hear you keep going on this because it's, it's, so, <laughs> it's so funny, you know, that how much you, when you're able to reflect on this and, and truly control that environment, what you're able to accomplish. So The other person that you're working with, I want everyone to understand something. They don't know the protocol. They don't know what you go through. They don't know anything about you unless you communicate it indirectly or directly. It could be by text. It could be a lot of people are you know selling things right now and just text messages. I, I still need to get on the phone. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? Like I, I have to be able to completely be sure that the other person is understanding me fully of what's going to happen because that's where I hold myself accountable to. Yeah, I don't ever want to get to a certain situation where there's emotional sabotage. They feel like they've been manipulated to make a decision and I really didn't hear them. Do you see what I'm saying? So when I'm explaining that process to them, what I'm doing is I'm holding myself accountable indirectly on explaining why I'm doing it this way. But if I'm explaining why, Wes, is that giving them more information to process it properly? It absolutely is. And it's it's allowing them to see that your full intention or where your full intention is mm-hmm. so that they there's a level of buy-in there to you. And there's buy-in. And is it increasing rapport? Oh, 100%. Okay. To the listeners, here's my question. How much of your phone calls or how much of your meetings in person do you feel that there's opportunities there for you to increase rapport if you're able to explain and provide clarity. People are their own worst fucking enemy, Wes. 
Your own emotional bullshit gets in the way of your sale. No one's perfect, myself included. That's why recording your meetings are important because if you go and hold yourself accountable, there's a buffer in between my meetings, okay? Every fucking meeting I have, Wes, every meeting I have, there's a buffer. That buffer is not for me to get to my meeting on time. What do you think that buffer is for, Wes? Oh, that's for you to be able to reflect and prepare. Yeah. Reflect and prepare. I tell my buyers that though. 15 minutes before the call, I want you to make sure you're by your, you know, by your phone or by what if there's a phone meeting or I want you to be there a little early. And if it's okay for you, I would like for you to be there about 15 minutes early just because that's the time that I'm actually going to be strategizing and getting myself prepped to be more effective with you. Is that increasing rapport or lowering rapport, do you think? That, I mean, that just flips the table. At that point, you're creating the environment that you're both on the same side pushing towards a common goal. What's the only non-renewable resource in life? Time. I'm spending my time. My time. Not the scheduled time that we had for the meeting, <laughs> okay? I'm scheduling time to be able to dedicate to only focus on them. In my own thoughts, I'm telling you guys, if you, I hope if anybody's going to learn anything, I think it would be that from reflection is taking the time to explain why you're doing things with people and you know what your intention is. Because if your intention is pure and they really have a, not just a opinion or a belief, they, if they have a strong conviction that your intention is pure, you're always going to win. And the the question is, is how much you're going to win by? What I mean, what are some questions that people would have if I if you if they heard me say that? I think the biggest thing would come down to well, one, how do you do it? Um, right. Two, how can I give people a lot more clarity? You know, I sell everything off clarity. You know, that's that's the selling point, and I literally have people tell me that. You know, the, I I'm excited to do this with you, and I trust you completely because you've. I feel like for the first time I have clarity. Know that if somebody tells you that, you got them. You know, you're you could do whatever you want at that point ethically. So that that's the only thing I would say is you know the question would be around how do I give people a lot more clarity, which you've explained a lot of that right now. Mm -hmm. But maybe we can even touch further on that. Let me let me kind of peel a bit, peel back the layers to that and get to the core. Okay, so ask yourself these kind of sequence of questions, and then I'm just going off my memory here and trying to uncover and get to the core of not what people tell me that Sunday school bullshit answers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I get a lot of that. There's not too much I haven't seen or heard that people will tell me. And that's where it went to me naming my objections with people. But here's the questions. Okay. How would your opinion or their opinion of that person or whatever, indirectly or directly, if they found out they were dealing with those types of circumstances, would they recommend the same thing that they did or you did to another person they loved. This will hold you accountable. I'm telling you. I like to try to picture in my own mind and say to myself, Wes, when I'm working with a prospective buyer or a company, would I give the same recommendation to them What if I would to someone that I really, truly cared about? I would, can I add one piece onto that too as well? Please. Um, on top of that, also what I would do is I would reflect back on the recommendation and why why did you make it and how much was it influenced by your own experience or by your own emotions or or your own even potentially limiting beliefs, right? So this is what I always, this is my philosophy, especially when it comes to sales. 
I will never tell you not to do it. You will be the only person that will determine if you will or won't do it. You know, because the biggest thing is I never want to be, I would never want to influence you based off of the way that I feel. If I feel bad for you and maybe I think you shouldn't do it, then I might, my influence might be wrong because maybe you should, right? Maybe you should do it. And that's what maybe it's going to get you out of a certain circumstance. I don't know, but that has to be decided by you. And so keeping it open in order for that person to be able to make their own decision within your recommendation is also very, very important. And just, but again, it goes back to reflection, reflect on, and this is where that 15 minutes that you talked about, Chris, and that preparation comes in. Again, you can be in a neutral state and think, try to think as objectively as you can about how can I really help this person. Right. Another factor, you know, affecting any type of situation, or if you're working with a prospective buyer and they have negative programming, there's a good chance that they have negative habits if they have negative programming. Okay. And this goes into three-step method that I like to use with this is motivate, plan, and implement. Okay. What's my true motivation? What's motivating me to do this or motivating me to do something different? Because I, and we share this similar, you know, parallel with, you know, our lives and personalities is that pleasure doesn't motivate me. Getting something to get something, I, I, it doesn't motivate me. Like That's why I'm not motivated really off of money. It's what money can do. Do you see what I'm saying? Because money is just a byproduct of getting things you want out of life. And I'm not going to get off topic here. But what's motivating me is fear. Fear of loss. That's the biggest catalyst in my life is fear of losing something. If you suffer from this, if you learn how to take this and use this and shift this into your power... You can become extremely effective and this will help you rewire your brain by designing your own habits the way that you want to react or be proactive and try to communicate with your buyers or sellers. It doesn't matter who you're talking to, just being a better person. Many married couples have arguments that are so predictable, they seem to follow a script. You ever had this, right? You've seen this? Yeah. My, including myself. It's a certain way that, you know, I... We'll have an habitual habit and we keep falling down the same freaking cycle. And this is the key to interrupting this cycle is recondition the way that you respond in these types of situations. So ask yourself, how can you adapt these lessons to your personal circumstances? How? What's your motivation? Why do you want to change? What are you going to get out of that? How how much more effective can it you know be in the real world? I mean, so find your true motivation. Do you want to connect more with your buyers? Do you want to connect more with your sellers? Do you want to connect more with your personal relationships? Who I mean, why? What's the what's the importance behind it? Do you want to be better at work? It doesn't matter. You see what I'm saying? Like, do you want a better quality of life? If you do this effectively and then try and you find your true motivation behind it, then you can get to the plan. How can you how can you roll this out? What's your plan? That's where that 15 minutes that I'm spending my own quality time to prepare myself. Why? Because I don't like to walk into a meeting blind. People invest a lot of money with me, Wes. And if I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, or are they going to be, what's, what's the chance of them investing money with me ever again? Zero. Because one, they're, <laughs> right. they're, well, it's just, you know, at the end of the day, your preparation also has something to do with your confidence, right? And if, right. if you're not confident and you can't go in there and actually, and, and understand them for one and be able to speak their language and give them that solution they're looking for, that level of trust is broken. And that's ultimately what, you know, right. what drives that conversation. Emotionally intelligent people are self-motivated and their attitude motivates others completely. They set goals and are resilient 
in the face of challenges. That's how you know if a person's emotionally intelligent. And it goes into how they how well do they plan. To master, you know, any type of skill, it takes practice. Would you agree? Absolutely. I mean, you're not gonna I mean you might do something well the first time you do it, but how how much could you improve if you actually practiced every day at something? A new uh, something new. It's a must. It's a must. I mean, even even when it comes to sales, you know, if I don't if I don't have that interaction for a while, I feel like I'm losing it. Me too. You know, I feel like I'm losing it. And even though I know that and naturally I'll come back from it on my next call, but sometimes I need to go back and take myself to a point where I just take a sales call just because I need to be able to feel it again. You know, I need to be able to, it's almost like an addiction, right? But also what it does is it's my practice. It's keeping me going. It's keeping me sharp, right? So anything that you do, you have to, repetition is key, especially for someone like myself. Like I know the analogy that once you learn how to ride a bike, you'll never forget it. Well, I'm the opposite of that. If I don't do it, I'm going to forget it, you know, and you got to understand that about yourself. It goes into reflection. You wouldn't know yourself unless you listen to yourself. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Right. Like everything ties back into that. I mean, you must practice anything over and over until it's internalized. And the only way to do it is the safest way. And that's in your own mind. I believe that. Like I will literally try to visualize every outcome that could happen by my inaction or action of what I'm trying to accomplish. Okay. So what if, you know, the pros and cons, you can go into that and make it simple. But I try to go to what is the best possible outcome for me going this route? What is the worst possible outcome for me going this route? And this is where I get mad at myself. And when you usually get mad or getting frustrated, Wes, that's what your brain is telling you is that you should be doing something better. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. That's where you're that's where your standards come into play. And I, it's easy getting on and having a microphone in your face and talking about it with everybody. And then you do it so well in business world. And then you go to your personal life and you're not able to get past the emotions or get caught up in that emotional roller coaster and to be negative. Do you see what I'm saying? I, f- I fall victim to this all the time. And why? Because I've realized now, Wes, because the fear of loss is there and that regret of me not doing things the way that I should have done it currently and presently at that moment. But now looking back on me reflecting, I realize how much of it, it affected my life in a negative way. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, that's extreme. That's extremely important. And just to kind of bounce off of that for a minute, the this is why having something to anchor that takes you back to neutral right. is so important, especially in your personal life. And in, in business, when there isn't as much emotion involved with yourself, it's so much easier. But in your personal life, you need that. Like when I, all, I can remember all different difficult times in my life where I had a lot of emotions involved. I can remember everything. At that point, I can remember what I did to bring myself back to neutral. And uh, I'm not saying that I was, mm. trust me, I've, I failed more times at holding my or controlling my emotions than I actually did. It. But I remember what I remember was that every time I started falling victim to my emotion, I always played music. That's good. I would play music because for me, it always brought me back to reality. But also, if I was feeling down or weak at that point, that music would bounce me back up to remind me of who I am at that point, to remind me exactly, you know, to, to, to rip that emotion out. Because I can't, if I have that emotion, I can't logically be able to proceed with what I'm trying to do. And so one of the things that actually, as we've been talking here, kind of came to mind where I think maybe we should take this potentially Um is talking talking to people about or helping people identify what their driving force is. Uh, 
you know that it just popped you know popped in my head and i'm like i feel like that's a starting point that's maybe the that is the the foundation of what all of this is built on and being people being able to really identify that because especially whether that's that fear of loss or whatever it may be you know you can go out there and become a millionaire only because you don't want to go back to what it was like before right and so you're going you're becoming something off of a fear more than it is about a, a pleasure right so i think that's maybe a route we should probably take in order for people to really be able to start using that as an anchor or a foundation for them to start building all of this on top of it. I couldn't agree anymore, to be honest with you. And I'm glad that, you know, we're going with this new format of the win-win effect is that, you know, we're not recording a bunch of episodes in, in advance. You know, we're trying to do something different than a lot of people, you know, typically hear on, you know, the platforms they listen to podcast. I'm trying to stay more, you know, in tune with how can we make more of impact instantly so we try to do is we try to record them, you know, a few days before. So that way, you know, we get them, you know, get them edited and then post them. And then when we post them, I hope it makes more of an impact with them to be, I don't know, interact more and engage more with this. I mean, I feel that that's, I can't tell you how important it is for my own sanity. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like, that's where I get my motivation of doing what I do and why I do what I do is I don't, you know, goes in back to the previous episode where I talked about. I'm always serving. I'm not trying to sell, but I'll end up selling more because I'm serving. I hope, can you make sense of that to somebody? Yeah. Well, it actually comes back to your intention. Right. Well, first that's where it starts. It starts with your intention and because your intention, well, one, it's pure and it's, it's an intention of positivity for the other person. Every, the words that you say, the actions that you show or do all are a reflection of that. Mm-hmm. And so the same way that you reflect on yourself, always know that that buyer is reflecting on that same thing towards you, right? They're reflecting on their perception of you and how they feel like they can help you. So when your intention is pure and you're serving, you're putting in the effort to truly help this person and that person recognizes it. And with that recognition comes the rapport and the trust and credibility, which then leads to the the sale is not the focus. So it's just part of the process. So it naturally just happens. Because that is just what needs to happen as you progress forward. I'm going to make a, make an example real quick. And I don't want to get too far off topic. Hold me accountable to this, please. Say, for instance, hypothetically speaking, like a person, picture a person, Wes, in, you know, in your life that you completely trust with everything. Think about that person. You don't need to tell me who it is, okay? So th- you're thinking about a person, right? Yeah. When did you say to yourself, or maybe people might not know the moment, but is there a moment where you completely said to yourself, I trust that person with everything? This is, um, you know, this is a part, uh, this is actually an area that I struggle with, but I have in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt, I felt those that way. And it was when I truly felt that person's intention. Mm-hmm. So I can't pinpoint it exactly where it is, but it was when I was like, this person has my back. This person truly cares about me. And that's when I was able to finally, that's where the wall started to come down. Right. So this, what usually happens when you have that betrayal or the trust is broken in a relationship, and I don't care if it's a personal relationship or it's a buyer seller relationship in business. Once that trust is broken, it's hard to be rebuild that trust, but it can be re- rebuilt. Correct? Absolutely. But the other person needs to know their true intention completely. Correct? Yep. Okay. So, and I don't want to get too far off topic here. But I want to kind of prove something to everybody out there listening. 
if you've done things poorly or if you've ever done something that you truly regret and you want to make a change, that's enough to build someone's trust. And I want everyone to understand something. You should never judge anybody in the world, okay? Because there's only one person, you know, our creator that is going to judge us on everything we did or said did, you know, whatever, one day. But if you're going to judge someone, judge someone based on their intentions rather than their actions, because their actions could have been influenced at that time by something else they couldn't control. And I'm speaking from experience here. And I fall victim to this. And and, and just because you're listening to this podcast doesn't mean that we're trying to claim to be perfect. But the only way to implement something new and get a different outcome, you need to spend countless hours of practice in your own mind and visualizing why that outcome is so important. And this aligns back into your motivation. Okay. So every day, you know, presents multiple emotionally charged moments, Wes, would you agree? I would. So how important is it to have a discussion in your own mind about what you need to do moving forward and planning properly and then, and then executing and rolling out a plan, like implementing it into a situation or life? I'll put it this way. If you don't prepare, you, you're going to lose or you're going to, you're going to be reactive and you're going to fall victim to your environment. So it's a must. It's not a, it's not a what if. This question goes out to all the listeners and we'll wrap up here, Wes. And I think that it's a good point to where we can get to a stopping point and then pivot into the next couple different topics of what we're going to discuss. But this question I want everyone to ask themselves, how much in your life currently would you change if you had the opportunity? Then ask yourself this question, what can you do with some of the things that we share with you to get to the outcome that you really want to accomplish and, and you know, really be there and be emotionally more emotionally intelligent, more emotionally you know, present with the people that you love the most or what, you know, or maybe just in business. It doesn't matter. I mean, <laughs> you can be more emotionally intelligent with your fucking animal, your cat dog. Do you see what I'm saying? Like it'd be in tune with their emotions, understanding what the other person is going through and using their senses. I'm not trying to get so far off topic with this. Don't expect to build self-control and self-awareness overnight. It doesn't happen overnight, does it, Wes? No, it doesn't. That's why you have to hold yourself accountable, but you also have to have realistic expectations. And even if the expectation is realistic in your mind, sometimes it's not realistic with the other person. Right. And you have to be able to live with, you know, poor decision making in the past. That's hard for people, myself included. There's things that I regret from my past, but I wouldn't change them because it's made me a better person now. See what I'm saying? Right. And that's a that's a hard way. That's a hard this self-reflection can be very difficult and it can be great for people. That's why I think that the best entrepreneurs and the best salespeople or the best people that, you know, make more of an influence with with others positively and you know, doing it morally and ethically are the ones that went through a lot of negative shit in their life and they got past it. You can proactively shape your emotional reactions in any given moment. And as a result, you become a battle hardened and, and just a warrior and be better equipped to deal with the most severe emotional challenges when they come up to you. You can, you can overcome anything. I truly believe if you have another breath or another second, you can make a change. If you actually take the time to reflect and make the choice or decision to become more emotionally intelligent 
But all it goes back to is being more present. You got to stay present. In today's society, Wes, how hard is that? Oh, it's never been harder than it is today. So, which is why the control and the accountability and the intention has to be there every single day. This is why in the first thing, first thing in the morning is where it needs to start. And you need to prepare yourself for that day and ask yourself, what am I looking to accomplish? What, where do I want to go with this? What do I need to have done? You know, what impact do I need to make today? And then drive that, let that be your driving force for that day to then also influence your environment. I'm going to say this one little piece. And if I have to give any kind of advice to anybody, start, I mean, just goes with the technology and it triggered something with me is that people are not that present anymore because of technology or whatever. There's a lot of things that I'll do differently in my personal life and business life, you know, moving forward because of this conversation that we're having recording for the, everybody listening. Do you see what I'm saying? Like you got to really choose, you know, make a choice or decision to choose growth, you know, make that decision and say, I need to grow and learn more about myself and about others and about whatever it is. But the only way for you to do that is not to type down notes into a computer or type down notes on an iPad or your phone. Okay. That's not what we're telling you. The best way to do this and grab a pen and piece of paper, whatever it is, however you write down your shit. A lot, when was the last time you wrote things down, Wes? This morning. Okay. Well, a lot of people don't even use anything to write with anymore. Oh, I, I can't. I can't use technology for that. <laughs> I a piece of paper and a pen. That's what I use. That's how I read too. Right. Okay. So that's how I learn because you know this and I'll just to share things with people, you know, a little bit more personal is I'm, I'm dyslexic. Like, so it's like, it's hard for me to read things and understand it. I have to read it out loud and then write things down because you're, you don't realize how much you're using your brain when you go to write something down out of your mind. What's the, what's the chances of you remembering what you wrote down? It's a lot higher than just communicating it verbally. I will tell you, I mean, I know we talk about this a lot lately and it's the five second brain, but <laughs> yeah. When I write it down, there's a still also a chance that still I may forget it, but it's there. And I know it's there, so I can go back and read it. I can't tell you how many times I've said, you know, um, man, I wrote down something that, that really made an impact. I can't remember what it is. So when I go back and flip through, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's what it was. And that makes such a, that's such an influence on my life. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Okay. So here's, what I, here's a challenge that I have for all the listeners, and, and I'm going to do this myself. Today, at some point, I will write this down is I'm going to write out my true motivation that's driving me every day. And then I'm going to try to strategize on how I can, you know, the pros and cons and, and what I can do differently moving forward and visualize that on a piece of paper. And then I'm going to figure out my steps of action, my plan of action and implementing it and then rolling it out to get a different outcome. I challenge every person to go through those that three-step method. Because if you want self-transformation, or a radical transformation in your current situation, life, business, whatever, you'll re- you'll get there. You'll see something. You will definitely see some type of result. A negative result is still a result, correct? Yep. And is it an opportunity for you to learn something different to get a positive result? Always. Then what's stopping you? You know what it is? For a lot of people, is they're not present enough to, you know, <laughs> to have that self-reflection to understand what the fuck is driving them. Like we could do this all day. Right. But I would much rather hope and pray that a lot of people are listening to this and understand our intention is the purest. And we're trying to help everybody and serve you rather than you just come to and listen to our episodes of the podcast. And, you know, this applies to anything you want to do in life. 
I mean, any kind of last words that you want to share with everybody and get ready for the next couple episodes, Wes? Uh, two things. One, um, just, you know, share with us, obviously with everything that, that we've talked about today and with what you went over, Chris, and, and that challenge that, you know, you put towards everybody, share that with us. If you're comfortable, put, share that with us in the feedback forms and let us know, you know, what you're going through. If you, if we will never use your name again, but you know, f- feel free because this is where, this is a platform where we can all help each other. You know, this is a platform where we can really give from our failures, our successes, we can give what we have learned that potentially may help you. And it could be, it could be one sentence that we say that could make the difference, you know, and, and there's been plenty of those in my life. And so just remember to do that you know, and let us know if, if us going into driving force and how to really get your driving force is, is uh, something that everyone's interested in so that we can really, you know, dive deep into that. If you heard anything, anything or any part of this podcast that you really think that could help somebody close to you or someone that you know, please share it with them. Not just for, not for our benefit for them hearing it, but if it's going to serve them and truly help them, share it with them. You'll get more fulfillment that way. The best things that ever happened to me, Wes, it usually comes from me giving. Yeah, absolutely. And, and if I can add one thing to that is, uh, you know, it's not every word that we say. It's not the impact that we're making on every call or every you know episode. It's somebody, if, if, if this, if somebody listening to this every day could impact their environment like we've been talking about, could set the tone for what they do that day and the impact they make that day, even if we say nothing, even if we're talking a bunch of gibberish, right? If But if it just sets the environment and the tone for them, then know that they have benefited from this. Right. I couldn't agree anymore. And it's the best way to close. I mean, there's nothing really to add to that, in my opinion. So as always, ask yourself, how can you get a little bit better each day? That 1%. Until the next episode, keep moving, keep growing, keep learning. Let's go with our day. Take care. taking your time and listening to today's podcast of the win-win effect as a thank you for listening and tuning in chris is rewarding you with a placement course webinar with his team to point you in the right direction to massive success in success it's all about living a better quality of life so at the very least subscribe to the win-win effect podcast so you don't miss the next episode. Feel free to share on your social media or simply tell a friend about it. Also, please rate and review the podcast. To find the free webinar and more information, please visit tcrconsultingagency.com.